We are The Purposeful Project. We help entrepreneurs for free. Welcome to today's pep talk, where we'll take just 20 minutes to interview leading experts from around the world who share actionable know-how, insights and life lessons. To hear these incredible insights, follow us on Spotify, Apple Music or anywhere you listen to podcasts, or you can simply visit thepurposefulproject.com, sign up to our mailing list and get the podcast in your inbox every single week. So Melinda, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Would you mind starting off by telling our audience a little bit about yourself? Thank you so much for having me, Simon. I'm excited to be here today. So um, I am a sports psychologist. I'm, as you can hear, originally from South Africa, and I've been in the UK for a long time now. And I set up a wellness company for women in um, 1994 and that was a um, kind of uh, the beginning of boutique fitness so I had some uh, really cool uh, classes going in different places and then I set up baby to body which is a wellness platform for women going through the reproductive stage of their life in uh, 2015 so I had a boutique fitness business before and now it's a tech business but all around sort of women's wellness and we've got one and a half million women on our platform at the moment, which is really exciting in about 120 countries so far. And we've got a lot more to come. We have, uh, we're bringing out a product for um, women over 40 because I think it's quite an underserved market. And um, yeah, some exciting things on the, on the go, including a book, which is coming out in a few weeks time, which I'm really, really excited about. I always love plugging a new book, especially from someone that's done so many amazing <laughs> things. What's the book called? Have you named it yet? Yes, the book is called Nourish and it's um, Nourished by Baby to Body. It will be available on, um, on quite a lot of platforms. And um, it's not really a book about um, kind of just just a recipe book. So we've taken the whole recipe book concept and kind of turned it on its head. And it's really a book about understanding how to nourish your body in the best way. So we give a lot of information about um, the psychology of eating, the philosophy of food and, and nourishing your body, how to use food in a positive way. So, you know, to, to think about different symptoms you have in your life that are hormone based and then actually how to use food to combat those and also really to optimize your life, your skin, your health, your wellness, your um, emotional state. So we, we kind of spent a lot of time looking at philosophy, psychology, and then also information about macronutrients, micronutrients, because what we realize is that most people don't really understand what a macronutrient is and what it does for you. And I think it's really difficult to be empowered to make the right decisions when it comes to your food if you really don't understand what you're eating and why you're eating it. So we did a lot of um, research into all of the nutrients, the vitamins, minerals, and what they do for your body your mind, your skin, everything else. And then also we have 65 of our very best recipes that our community of women have voted the best. So yeah, really excited to get that out into the world and start seeing uh, what a difference we can make. Well done. I know how hard it is to get a book out there uh, and it sounds absolutely awesome. I'm, I, I spent quite a lot of time in Asia when I left England and went to Asia. One of the things I noticed was there was a much strong emphasis in Asia on preemptive care. So basically most, most people in England, when you get sick, you go to the doctor. But in, in Asia, they don't want to go to the doctor. So they spend a lot of time thinking about preemptive care, stopping themselves from getting sick. And that, that involves eating. Uh, the right things so i found that cultural difference very interesting so thanks for bringing a book to the market that highlights all of this stuff that's great listen um, i wanted to talk about 
the incredible business that you built. I mean, 1.5 million people on your platform. How did you do it? A lot of tenacity, hard work, hard work, uh, resilience. And I think the most important aspect, I think, is focusing um, because there's so many different ways you can do things. And I think what we did was we chose one way and and just backed it and um, it's scary as an entrepreneur to put all of your eggs in one basket and go okay this is what we're going to do but it was a, a data-driven decision um, so I think being very analytically based and, and data-driven in the decisions we make as well as you know tying that into the strategic vision of where we want to get to I think that that is, is, um, has been one of the big things that has contributed to our success. And then I think the other thing is um, understanding your market and your user and really listening to what they want. So it's one thing thinking that you know everything because you've been through it. So especially when it comes to something like pregnancy, because I've had two kids. So, you know, if I only listen to my own experience, I would be only appealing to a certain type of person. But we listen to the data and where is the best um you know exposure and and what we can do in the best possible way and to get the most the most people onto our platform so um it was a combination of being very analytical data driven but then also really understanding our customer i think data driven decisions is a fascinating concept i feel like it's a little bit of chicken egg though isn't it don't you don't you need the the, the user base to know or and then you could be making incorrect assumptions otherwise how, how did you decide what data was was the right data to follow yeah so i think that's a really good point because you, you there's a lot of things to track right so what do you pick that is the one thing so i think understanding what your north star metric is at a very early stage is really important but that can change so when we first started we we didn't start with an app we started with an email right so that was so we were validating the whole concept does anyone really want to know about this that was the biggest question are they going to sign up how do we get them to sign up and are they going to open what we have to say and read it so at that point our metrics were looking at say okay where do we find these people what is the um the funnel right so where do we find them who's signing up what do those people look like when they do sign up and then how many um what the open rates were then also then you can go deeper into well are they what are they clicking on are they clicking through back to the website and then you can go deeper and deeper and understand a lot more about what people are doing and then it's little things like changing the subject line of an email that makes a huge difference to the open rates and then looking at different days so in, initially when we started the business we were sending out daily emails because that's all we had right so we started with like no money there were two of us writing everything and i had written a book before on on health and wellness for pregnancy so we were using a lot of kind of what was in my head so it was like getting it out onto papers and we launched with this landing page before long we had in about three days we had 500 women signing up for a non-existent email service so then we had to quickly build it and write it and um, so there was a lot of sort of iteration as we were going along so we would test something out and say look no one's opened that let's change the subject line or let's change what we're you know the makeup or you know is the photograph bigger than the text so it was all little things like that and then we sort of started understanding a lot more about our audience what they wanted and then once we launched our app then we had different metrics to look at 
So in a company and as you progress through your product life cycle, there's always different metrics and different analytics to look at. And I think it, it can be overwhelming because these days you can get so many analytics, you can get so many data points, but it's deciding what is the point, what is the one thing that drives where you really want to take the business. So now for us, our North Star metric and the one thing we look at all the time is how much content people are consuming because that drives the engagement, that drives the payments, that drives everything on the app. So it's, you know, content consumption for us is our North Star metric. However, we're still looking at all the other metrics. So how is our onboarding process? You know, how many people are signing up? How many people are not signing up? What, are, what can we do to change those, those little nuances? And that's, I think, more about optimization than sort of getting your product right. I think so many people listening will um, find this useful, but I think sometimes even just asking your customers uh, th th what they want, right? Actually talking to them. I mean, I know there's a famous quote Henry Ford said, if I asked my customers what they want, they would have said a faster horse. A horse. <laughs> I know, but you know, equally he's also wrong because I, I do think asking customers what they want is interesting. And I guess you're doing that via the data, right? You're, you're seeing what people are opening and you're seeing what they're interested in. Um, but did you, do you think you need, I mean, from the, from the email perspective, for example, which is a really interesting way to start a business because in theory, email is free. Of course, at scale, you have to start paying companies. But I know a lot of our listeners want to start a business and don't have any money. Actually, email is a pretty, pretty interesting way to do it, isn't it? So how did you get those early email addresses? What was the early days like? Well, um, this was in 2015. And what we did was we just did a few Facebook adverts. So we uh, initially, what I wanted to do was get pregnant women. So I had I had one thought. And that was the other thing, Simon, is, is actually thinking about, okay, what do I want to do? Because you can't boil the ocean initially, right? You have to choose one thing that you want to do and then understand it, know how to do it, figure it out, and then get to the next point. And I think that that is one of the most, like the, the things that that entrepreneurs get stuck at because if you take a step back, there's a gazillion things you need to understand and then so many things you need to do. So you need to pick the most important thing first and figure out how to do that without worrying about anything else. Do it, do it well, and then move on to the next thing because you can't do too many things at once. It just, you know, it, it fails. So we just put an advert on Facebook that said pregnant question mark. Uh, now you can't actually say pregnancy because it's um, it's too much of a what did they say it's a it's a medical condition um, which is really annoying because you can talk about um, ED erectile dysfunction but you can't talk about pregnancy but that's another story and we can go into that in another day um, and then we had people sign up on a landing page and then they signed up for um, for the email and actually it was really good because. We understood a lot of things. We understood where our customers are coming from, what will make them sign up. We changed their landing page quite a few times to understand how to get them to do what we wanted them to do. What uh, were the call to action buttons? Then we could experiment with the emails. And as you say, it's free, it's easy. Um, you can change it on the fly. Um, and, and it's a good way to validate the initial proposition. I think in a way that doesn't cost a huge amount of money because building an app to initiate a valid, you know, initially to validate a proposition is, is really, really expensive. 
and you know just even maintaining um, an app is is hugely um, time consuming and very expensive so I think for us that was a good thing but there's also a bad thing about emails <laughs> yes I, I know I think I know what you're going to say of course that, that people don't always read them yeah there's that and then also this is yeah, so this this is what happened to us. So for some reason, so we had really good open rates, and for some reason, one day um, our our email started going into spam. Everyone spam. So ever whoever had a Gmail, they went into spam. So our open rates were sixty percent, and they dropped to like twenty percent overnight. So I was looking at this going, what is going on? I couldn't understand it. And my team was saying, well, it's because we've grown a lot. And there's a lot more people and there's this and that and uh, we had a team of four people at this point and I just thought no there's something something's going on so we dug a little bit deeper and deeper and we found that Google for some reason had marked us as spam so all of our emails were going into spam so we had to start from scratch we had to stop sending all the emails and at the time, I was actually fundraising, so suddenly our metrics were there, and they went there, and I had a lot of explaining to do. <laughs> uh, when you're fundraising, that's not you don't want to explain was... you've dropped, your open rates have dropped to twenty percent and blame it on Google because, yeah, what a, what a tough spot. Exactly, no, no one wants to hear that. What a tough spot. No one wants to hear that. So, but how did you? So, you you wrote to go Google to fix it because a lot of people have this problem that you're talking about. So, did you did you um, how did you fix it? Well, we tried to, but um, Google weren't interested. So what we had to do was we had to start from scratch um, to stop sending all the emails and then um, start again slowly and build them up one by one. So first we started sending out, um, you know, first of, all, first of all, we had to change the structure of the email. So we had to make sure that we weren't putting in too much text into to, um, the balance of text and photographs was right. And then we had to um, start sending out, you know, like a thousand a day instead of half a million a day. And then slowly build up our servers, get a new IP address um, and change the subject lines. We had to think about, you know, sending it from a new address. And it, it was it was a series of little things that we had to do that probably took about six months. Wow. So, um, but you, you, you managed to fix it. So, so it, I, I just find yeah, that that's a, that's a problem I have, by the way. So uh, it's, I'm, you know, not just to my listeners, I'm thinking like that is a problem I have today where I know people want my content, but sometimes the email doesn't reach them. And I always blame the subject line or I blame something in the email that maybe triggered it as spam. So, um, so it's fascinating to hear, hear your process. And so, I mean, it, 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 building beyond email. So just, again, once you've got the email fixed, <laughs> which sounds like a nightmare, and you managed to build it back up again, what, what, what were your next, kind of, next communication strategies? How did you, because clearly you went beyond email, right? I mean. Yeah, so actually that was the day that I said, never again am I going to be reliant on one, one way to reach my customers. So from that day, I hired an iOS developer. Well, I started looking for an iOS developer, found an iOS developer, and we started doing our app. So now we have multiple channels and we can reach our customers. So um, Facebook, Instagram, we've got a huge amount of followers. Then we've got emails. And then also we've got our app. So we've got iOS app and an Android app. 
And um, so first we started with the um, the iOS app. We had that for um, like a couple of years, and then we just launched the Android app recently. And um, and now you know at least we don't we're not relying on one platform on one way of of communicating to our customers. Um, and it's almost like it feels like we've spread the risk. And also now that we've got the book coming out, that's a second revenue stream. So for me, it's, you know, it's the same experience. And for me, it's always been really important to have um, for the, our users to have that amazing experience. So as long as we can maintain that through all of the different channels, then that's a win for me. So it's, yeah, it's not being reliant on one channel and also just building that up. So what do you say over email versus what do you say on the app? And then also how do you talk to your customers or your followers on Instagram and Facebook is a different way. Uh, and then they want different things from all these channels as well. So email might be some more, you know, content that is topical, that is maybe um, sort of seasonal, maybe quite relevant to the day it's being sent out. But the app is most more kind of evergreen content. So that is stuff that would they would want to go back to a number of times or, you know, do their workouts or get their recipes and things like that and they can save them. So it's slightly different kind of strategy for each one of those different um, avenues or, or platforms. This is why I love doing these interviews because I think experienced entrepreneurs can explain you know, things, the nuance of, of stuff that's so important when you're building a business. And so one of the things I hear a lot people will say uh, on your point about focus, you know, I'll focus on one channel, let's say, Instagram, make Instagram work, which which I can you know, agree with. But then you are also in danger of being reliant on one way of talking to your community. And, and that algorithm changes, and Instagram's owned by Facebook, so it's bound to change every week, and they decide they want to monetize your posts, suddenly you're going to have to pay to reach your own community, right? So... So it's it's very important. I think what you're saying there's there's two sides to the same coin. One side is focus, but also at a certain point you've got to you've got to spread your risk to use your terminology. Um, you've got to um, build out other channels. I think I think this is crucial insight, and um, and I think a lot of people do just focus on one channel and then get caught out. Um, I know I've done that. I had a big Facebook fan page and, 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 and I focused on giving content for it. And then suddenly Facebook decided that if I wanted to reach my fans, I had to pay to reach them. So it, it's crazy. Your business can be literally you can be uh, your business can be shut down by them changing their algorithm uh, out in San Francisco. Right. Yeah, the the algorithm changes are are crazy. They they can happen at any stage and there's no real um, so you don't actually know when they're going to change. So you could be spending a lot of money on, on certain adverts and then suddenly, you know, they, um, they're not, they're not working any longer. So, well, um, I know we only have you for, for 20 minutes this morning. We, we're going to have you back on the podcast to talk about, um, your, your life and your, your experience. And so today was just a quick snapshot of your, of your life and, and your knowledge. I really wanted to talk about what it was like to be a single mother, to build a business. So we'll, we'll get into that in, in the main podcast. I think, um, I, I just don't know how I've got a child who's three and a half years old. I've got full-time help. My wife and I full-time helping, and we're both still tired all the time. So I don't know how you build a business and and being a single mother so you you deserve an award from the queen i hope that's on its way and i really look forward <laughs> i really look forward to hearing that in our in our main podcast just before we um we 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 move on from today's pep talk i wanted to just ask you if you uh, were to do it again this business you built would there be anything in particular that you you would do differently 
I would probably try monetization sooner than we did. So we um, kind of were in stealth mode for a couple of years and then only tried to, you know, we launched the app and then started monetizing. And I think when people are, are just following you and, and they don't have to pay, it's, it's one type of user and it's one type of engagement. When people have to pay or when they want to pay or they're willing to pay, that for me is is where the rubber hits the road right that is the thing that actually is this business going to work so i think i would have tried to monetize a lot sooner now that i know what i know but you know hindsight's a wonderful thing look we've made it work and um and that's great but i think yeah it would have been sooner because then you just learn so much quicker right so people will do things for free all the time yeah, I love it. It's for free. Great. Okay. But when you ask them to pay, different story. Interesting. It's a fascinating insight. And I, um, I, I'm personally taking notes right now. And I've, I've built 18 companies. I still feel like I'm learning. So I've, I've learned so much from you this morning. Thank you uh, for taking oh, time out. Of, of, uh, I know how busy you are. Thank you so much for taking time out to share with me and the audience your, your, your knowledge. We will put the links to Melinda's new book, Nourished. Did I say the name right? Nourished, right? Is that the one? Nourish, nourish. No, nourish, yeah, no, 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 yeah. no D. Yeah. Uh, nourish, uh, we'll put, no D, well, yeah, I, nourish. Knew, I, I knew I get it wrong. Uh, we'll put the um, links to your book and uh, to your business in the broadcast notes below. So any, wherever you're listening to this uh, broadcast right now, you'll be able to um, grab grab those links. And, and Melinda will be back on the Purposeful Project podcast very, very soon. So you can get her whole story. So don't forget to click subscribe and hit that reminder so that when uh, Melinda's full podcast comes on you can catch her story which is amazing i i already know so um look forward to uh having you back on and thank you for taking time out this morning thank you so much simon have a great day and i look forward to the next podcast thank you for listening to pep talk today powered by the purposeful project if you found it interesting please give us a review and follow us in addition you can sign up to our website and get loads more free entrepreneur knowledge as well as get access to pep talk and the purposeful project podcast direct in your inbox every week